Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace and blessings be on all my viewers out there. Welcome to another TMV podcast by The Muslim Vibe. Yes, indeed, we are double dosing this week. We're giving you a little bit more because we are very blessed to be, very blessed to be um, with none other than Asad Beg. I nearly forgot his name. How can I? It's because I'm in such awe. Um, yes, yeah, sorry. We're here with Asad Beg, broadcast journalist, writer, and all the above. And basically, we're discussing today Muslims in the mainstream media, you know, can we do it? You know, is it uh, feasible? Should we be doing it? You know, all of that um, and basically drawing upon his story and experiences to gauge, you know, as to whether or not we have a future there. So I suppose, uh, yeah, let's introduce him. Assalamu alaikum, bro. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you for being on the show, man. Um, yeah, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. I really um, have to say and be honest, like, um, I don't know where I was, living under a rock probably, um, but yeah, before uh, doing this podcast, um, when I was told of yourself and what we're addressing, I started obviously researching you, and um, I was really impressed by what you've achieved thus far within your career um, as a journalist, whether being a Muslim or not, you know, um, so yeah, it's quite impressive, but obviously we're talking about Muslims in mainstream media, and you are that, so therefore um, it's interesting to see that the first articles which I got when I put your name in were ones about inflammatory comments uh, in regards to a certain hurrah, uh, which happened um, previous to some comments you made um, about Muslims and selling out and, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. Fill us in, bro. Um, you know, what's your journey thus far? You know, why why would that be the first thing I find on the internet? You know, when, because, when we discuss yourself, uh, because probably because Daily Mail features so highly on the Google search, right? Once they write something about you, it's just gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I made some comments before I joined Channel Four News, and some people think, in hindsight, probably not a good, great idea. But from where I come from, those terms and those phrases are used routinely. What was like, the context then? What so the, the context, context? I, as far as I understand, was around... I'm not sure whether it was a Happy Muslim video or it was something else. Yes. I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember because I, I, I managed to piss off so many people on social media, I can't help it. Um, <laughs> Which is a good point to remind people. We're on Facebook Live at the moment, so please do comment in as much as you can. And I'm sure uh, Asad will try and uh, answer some of those questions. But okay, yeah. So, so, so those terms yeah. are kind of used, like, you know, when you're talking, talking about sell out house Muslim, these kinds of terms are used. Would I use them now? Probably not. Some of those terms I wouldn't use now. But I think that when you're in that environment as a Muslim, like I'm not detached from the Muslim community. I don't live in some middle class area mm. and I don't, you know, uh, isolate myself from the Muslim community. I'm born and bred in Birmingham, mm. Alan Rock. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up there. So if I get it wrong, mm -hmm. Mandem will stop you on the street and say, bruv, <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether yeah. it's in East London or. Uh, Alan Rock in Birmingham when I go back on weekends mm -hmm. and what was interesting after that kind of hurrah and yeah. you know sometimes people live in bubbles and I think sometimes journalists and everything live in bubbles so first it appeared on this kind of right-wing blog called Guido Fawkes yeah and then it went to the Daily Mail and when it's happened you're kind of stressed because like you're in the office and like this shit is kicking off because you you were at Channel 4 yeah, at yeah, the time right yeah yeah so, but, so when this but came out comments were much previous yeah yeah, yeah and Channel 4 said look he made this before he's objective you know 
what's the problem? Um, so that's interesting that their their response though wasn't one of like you know why we hired this guy he's trouble or we need to get rid of you or anything like that. But I think that all depends on what kind of journalist you are. If you're bringing in stories, then mm. you're valuable. If you're not, then you're not. Right. Um, but what was interesting was that when this was all going, on, I was kind of like you know sometimes it can be stressful, right? Because like your Twitter's going mad and you're not supposed to respond to all these idiots, <laughs> uh, and you, you know the kind of official statement. But then I was in East London and some guy just stopped me. He goes, "Bruv, I'd never met this guy before. I saw the stuff in Daily Mail and stuff, and you know, f those guys. And, you know, you're one of us. Blah blah blah." And it kind of reassures you because when you do your work and and the communities that you're from, you're trying to do justice with the you know to, to where you come from. And, what, what and those you... people support you and it's like reassuring mm. that you get that support. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I get it right all the time. There's well, I mean, well, let me ask you then, what was your intention uh, by those comments? Um, you know, because I was, sh- look, it was, it was a politically kind of charged debate going on around kind of Muslims and the military and Muslims dancing away and saying, look, you know, we're just like you. And, and I'm from the kind of grassroots, man. And a lot of people are thinking, what are you guys playing at? Hmm. And I was just expressing that kind of sentiment that I was hearing and that I was feeling from many people. And, yeah. and, and it was kind of a politically charged discussion. Mm-hmm. Now, as a reporter on broadcast TV, can you say those things? Of course not, because you're held to a high standard of kind of objectivity and impartiality. And I can understand why, you know, those comments upset people. Yeah. Um, and that's why I wouldn't use them uh, now. But when you're on social media you kind of get caught up in this and it's very easy to that's well, like, yeah, like yeah. I get messages from right wingers all the time and I just want them to get lost or F off or stuff and yeah. you just can't do that right yeah. um, uh, well you can but <laughs> but you'll have to read the consequences yeah, yeah 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 so 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 that was the context of that but look my work the thing is this that Daily Mail and Guido Fawkes and all these haters and there's many haters within the Muslim community as well that sometimes like you know don't mm. want you there mm. can say what they want about you as a person as a person I might be an idiot people may not like me say look the guy's an idiot on social media whatever you think about me personally yeah. I don't care mm. talk about the work You're not and, no, and, and none of those and none of those papers yeah. and none of those individuals could point to a piece of my work and say that he got it wrong mm-hmm. they may not have liked what some of those people in those pieces have said yeah. but in terms of as a, as, as a work of journalism and reporting it's always been impartial and objective as far as I you know I've tried and we have editorial process in these organisations so even if you get it wrong there's layers above you that will mm-hmm. say actually hold on we need to change this we need to change this so in terms of my criticise my work criticise me as an individual I don't care what you say about me I couldn't care less <laughs> do you know what I mean in this business you have to have a thick skin um and but talk about the work and none of them were able to criticize my work and and for me that was like yeah mm. you know my work speaks for itself mm. well okay so going to your work then like um how did you uh how did you find uh you know your your journey into mainstream media was it difficult to knock on the door of channel 4 you know or was it something which came through you know just being in the right place at the right time you know how, how did how did you find your way there because i'm sure there's many who would be uh, very, very much, you know, in awe of that and would love to kind of emulate the same. I, th- I think it works different. I think it's different for different people. For me, they came knocking on my door. They asked me to do, they wanted to do a piece about something and I spoke with one of the editors and I was always reluctant to go to kind of uh, um, 
Sorry, I, I, I was reluctant to kind of go to mainstream media. I've got my phone on just so people are sending messages, <laughs> messages and questions and wondering what are they asking. Um, uh, so so um, I was reluctant to go into mainstream media, yeah. sometimes because of your own credibility, you're worried because yeah. ultimately you have to go back to your communities and see how that fares up, how, how people react to you. That's the first thing. Secondly, the other thing is that um, will you have control? Hmm. What happens if you do a piece and people are talking to you because of you, because yeah. of your credibility and because they trust you? Yeah. yeah. What happens if it's turned into something else? Or what happens if there's an editorial judgment above you and you can't do anything about it? Right. And those people are not going to be ang- angry at Channel 4 News or BBC or hmm. ITV or whatever. They're going to hmm. say, bruv, we hmm. spoke to you because of you. Hmm. Hmm. You gave us the guarantees. We yeah. wouldn't have spoken to these guys if it wasn't for you yeah. and you messed it up. Yeah. And once that trust is gone and once that credibility is gone, you're finished. Hmm. That's why I've never really done like undercover work because I'm not going to go undercover into a mosque or do something like this because, you know, my journalism and my reporting works on access in communities. Like if, for example, if I go somewhere and people don't know me, yeah, usually one or two phone calls away, you know, like mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. I, I know someone and say, look, Assad's an okay guy. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. did a piece in Dewsbury once, and. Uh, that's a hard community to get into. Very hard community. I've, but, worked, uh, I've worked up there. Yeah. But yeah. one phone call away, and hmm. someone I was sleeping on someone's couch the next day in Jewsby, okay. and they were showing me around and introducing me to people, hmm. and then you build those relationships. So I can't jeopardize that. Right. Does that mean I can't? Sometimes we can't be critical of Muslim communities because we do have issues. But it's like doing say, it responsibly. Does that affect how outspoken you are then? Because um, you know, like you said, obviously towing a line of policy and things when you're working for, you know, uh, whether it be Channel 4 or any other, you know, smaller station, um, there obviously is certain parameters you have to exist within. But is it frustrating sometimes as an individual who obviously, as you said initially, is you're there to try and get justice and, you know, give the right story, the true story. So sometimes does it, is it difficult to curb your tongue and kind of like hold your opinions back? Well, look, I try not to express my personal opinions on issues, like because my f- first and foremost, I'm like I'm a journalist trying to do a job and I'm trying to report. And actually, there's this view of the mainstream media that the uh, media that they kind of curb you and stuff, and that yeah. never really happened to me at Channel Four News. Channel okay. Four News is a really good bunch, and my bosses were really good and understanding, yeah. and they understood that you know this guy's a journalist and he's got stories that we want to tell right, right. and he's the way that we're going to tell them because yeah. that's this is a so guy you, that's going to bring those you, stories did up. you feel that you had a positive experience then at channel 4 overall? i think mainly it was positive I, I, you know i think that i worked with some great people mm-hmm. uh I, and i made some great friends and mm-hmm. it was a good learning experience and i think mm-hmm. it made me better as a journalist and better as a person in terms of kind of interacting with people yeah um and the experience was good so, so it's positive for me mm-hmm. does that mean it's always smooth mm-hmm. of course it's not does that mean there weren't any arguments sometimes or discussions and kind of you know it happens in the newsroom it's always going to happen but generally channel 4 news are a good bunch and, oh, and the what, people were I there with, many other muslims like uh, there's yeah. a few right okay. but but th- th- did you find yourself often though when a, a Muslim story arose or there be a Muslim narrative arose, did you find other journalists looking to you um, at all, you know, for any kind of insight or understanding? Yeah, yeah, that, like? and, and, and that's part of a good reason to be in the mainstream because if you're not, there's two ways of looking at it. A lot of people say, well, they always hate us. They yeah. always against yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I grew up with that kind of narrative, right? Because you're from the ends and people are say, look, 
It's them, bruv. Yeah, it's yeah. them. They, yeah. they, they just hate us. Anti-establishment. They hate us, and I get that, and that's very ingrained within side inside me still. Hmm. You know, because hmm. that's where you're from. Yeah. You yeah. know, I remember like at ten years old, I used to wait or nine or something before. I was not. I was actually seven, eight. I remember as younger stat, my dad used to come back from the factory, worked hmm. in the factory, turn on ITN news at you know ten o'clock. I used to be waiting on the stairs, mm-hmm. and I used to sit next to him. He used to let me, you know, and watch the news and news at ten, and the news would be crazy critiquing the news okay. and that and, and, and that's very much from our communities like they don't trust the news right, so right. they watch it they yeah. say nah bruv yeah. they're chatting it <laughs> <laughs> so that's very ingrained but it's also good for, for, for I think sometimes there's many discussions that happened within the newsroom and I felt that me being there and the knowledge and experience that I bought and the access and the contacts that I bought, I contributed to the story. Even sometimes if I wasn't reporting it, right. I contributed in a manner that was positive. And other journalists will do that. Hmm. Is it easy in the mainstream? No. Like I speak to Muslim journalists a lot of the time and there's not many of us and it's difficult. Well, why is that? Why is there not many? If it is something whereby you haven't experienced much bias, you feel that it's been a positive experience, you know, they came knocking on your door, um, you know, all in all, it seems like... It's, why like, do we not no, have more then? I think it's still difficult. Look, sometimes it's around Muslim communities ourselves. Yeah. So for some people, you're too Muslim. For some people, you're not Muslim enough. Right. For some people, you're the wrong kind of Muslim. Okay. So, it's, so, so we have that from our community, and there's a lot of expectation from our communities, mm-hmm. especially if you're from the ends. Like yeah. if you're, from, you know, you know what I mean. If you're like, if I was some kind of middle class, wishy washy person, and then I, f- I feel that I wouldn't have that much expectation on me. Mm. Like today, I bumped into somebody. I was out filming, and, and I, I've never met this person before. I go, bruv, good work, and you're a pillar of the community. And I was like, is that that's a high expectation? And also, it's, it's very, a compliment, but at the same but, but time, it's very it scary. puts a pressure on you. It's right? put a pressure on me. Yeah. Like sometimes, like you know, like you get all sorts. You know, yeah. you all sort of kind of criticism, yeah. and I'm open to criticism uh, as long as it's kind of legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it always positive? Because you're always going to get attacked. So every time my piece, a piece went out, there's always people attacking me, mm-hmm. right? Some people are like sometimes it was just like uh, racist. So other st- stuff was just silly. Like some people would say, "Oh, he sounds like he's from the ghetto," like they just. <laughs> You know, this is their diversity quota. Some like wow. someone, so, so, someone wow. tweet, some people tweet that stuff, and I just yeah. laugh at it. I was like, I sound like I sound because I'm from there, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm, that's where I grew up, and that's how I sound. Mm. I'm not going to sound like I'm from Middle England, like mm. you know, from the counties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's not me. <laughs> um, so, so you have those uh, pressures, but also in, but also you have to. Uh, be from a certain kind of background so just kind of break into the media sometimes mm-hmm. you have to do unpaid exper- work experience of course, of and course. that's in London so, yeah. so for journalists outside of London or journalists that have to pay bills how are you going to do that unpaid experience mm-hmm. so it, the media itself lends itself to kind of people from middle class backgrounds with money to be able to finance themselves and get into the postgraduate courses and to do the free work experience mm-hmm. but also the issue about recruiting journalists is this that the media is very kind of a white middle class liberal establishment Okay. And sometimes when people are recruiting, they want brand faces in their own image. Okay. So they want that. So I knew a journalist that was recruited. And I said, how did you get the job? Yeah. And she said, well, editor turned up at Oxford and said, I need a brand. I need an Asian journalist and you're it. And you're the editor. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you. And she got a job at the BBC. Okay. Now, and, and then she had kind of had this experience of reflecting and thinking, you know, what, why have they hired me? Because I don't know nothing about the community. Mm-hmm. And it's also sometimes a certain kind of journalist. That's fascinating. So it's so a certain kind of journalist. So, so, yeah. so they want, sometimes they want, some people want, a reflection of their white selves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I thought as much, but, you know, sometimes you think, am I being, you know, overly sceptical? Am I being a bit, um, you know, paranoid in the sense of, you know, the lack of opportunity for those who are as, whether you're from a working class background or you're not necessarily a graduate of Oxford, you graduated from a regular university. Yeah, it's not not easy. Look, look, if you look at the statistics, Muslims are underrepresented Hmm. in the media. I think it's uh, 0.4%. When we make up like 4 or 5% of the population. So we are underrepresented yeah. and then let's break it down to class mm-hmm. like how many working class journalists and even white working class journalists how many people went to comprehensive schools how many didn't go to Oxbridge how many didn't do that postgraduate city university that cost like 10 grand a year yeah. you know how many so let's break it down and then you'll then you'll find because white working class journalists are also struggling women struggle mm. so it's 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 not clear cut it's, it's, it's not, it's not exclusive just to Muslims or you know yeah, yeah but I think it is difficult to get in as, if, if you're a Muslim right, I, I, th- right. I don't think it's easy right I, right interesting uh, and that's when people ask me like what should I be doing I said just do your thing hmm. do your stories you bring the stories you get the access you bring the trust yeah. and then if it happens it happens if it doesn't because a lot of people will end up compromising themselves yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to just get on TV and there's also that thing journalism isn't about getting on TV I was a journalist way before I was at Channel 4 News yeah. um, and um, a lot of people seem to think that you've made it because you're on TV and I don't think I, I don't think that's if, if your objective is to be on TV that's all you're going to get right right. your objective I feel my objective has always been to do good quality journalism and reporting and do justice mm-hmm. to myself mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. you know speak truth mm-hmm. and, and, and that's mm-hmm. all this and whether that's on TV or whether it's not mm-hmm. you know I was quite shy to go on TV first okay um, so what, what you mean by that is whether it's in a written form or whether yeah and, and, and we live in an age of kind of YouTube stars and whatever and people just and I think that sometimes within, amongst our own community, like this thing, like the way everyone wants to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> and rather and, than and, thinking about and, the story, and, and, the, and there's some people yeah. within our community that accept substandard kind of quality stuff just because it's Muslim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No, no, that, that that is definitely common. I think that you is know? definitely like some of the Nasheed groups. Man, man's yeah. can't sing. You can, never, <laughs> you can never make it. You can never make it in the commercial yeah. thing. But I know what I'll do. I'll sing Islamic songs, yeah. and then people think, "MashaAllah, brother." What's this? Sorry. If I'm upsetting people, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I do a music show, bro. So I gotta hold it down. You know what I mean? But you said it, not me. <laughs> but look, I mean, I wanna I wanna find out so much more about your experience whilst you're at Channel Four. Um, but like we're imploring people to to give us questions so we better answer some of those questions. Um, so for instance, Sophia Ahmed says, I have a question for Asad. In hindsight, would you still use someone as contentious as Nadia Chan in your piece? <laughs> right, she's gone straight into something which we're gonna have to elaborate okay. upon. What's she referring to, bro? So she's talking about a piece that was, I have to be careful with this because there's something going on with Afcom, but you know, I, yeah. I, I can talk around it. I so so, so there's a piece that's going on about uh, young British Muslim women and uh, some of their opinions. Now, there was a furore over it because uh, after the piece went out, some people looked at her Twitter timeline and she had said some things that some people found offensive. Yeah, yeah. And people saying, why did you have her on? Mm. Now, I've been very clear that A, we didn't say that these Muslim women were moderates. Right. We didn't say that they were representative of Muslim uh, women. Yeah. These are just, we said that these are a group of Muslim women. Mm-hmm. This is who they are. These are their opinions. Yeah. In the piece. Yeah. And then we challenged everything that they said. So either they challenged themselves because mm-hmm. there was a discussion amongst themselves, or they yeah. challenged each other. So what was it that Nadia Chan was saying that was such an issue? <laughs> she said some tweets about uh, white people or calling some 
Irish people parasites or something like that and using the term yeah, punkies yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, and which is great, obviously, yeah, obviously yeah, it's yeah, controversial yeah, yeah. but um, uh, uh, some of those tweets mm. were said after the piece was edited and broadcast so like you know I'm not responsible for what she says after the piece course, goes out and if she had said those things yeah. whilst we're filming we challenged her say why are you saying such things and yeah. this is how it works yeah so um, do you it, think, the, do you so, think so, so, so the answer is yeah. in hindsight would I say, the thing if people want to critique a piece mm-hmm. Like I said, critique what's in the piece, right? right? right critique yeah. what's happening in there, what's what they said, whether it's challenged with the objective piece of journalism. And the thing is, would I still use her? Um, I think that um, in hindsight, if she had said those things, some of the stuff that she said after we filmed, we'd bring those up. Yeah. I'll still use her yeah. and I'll say, hold on, why have you said these things? Mm-hmm. Why did you say these things? What do they mean? And you challenge them on that. Yeah. But if those tweets are said after you've broadcast or after mm-hmm. you've finished filming and edited and the piece has gone out, mm-hmm. You know what? Why am I responsible for that? You know, I mean, for yeah, what? No, for what know. someone says on yeah. the social media account about fifty thousand tweets, and also she was one woman amongst five women on on that panel. Yes, yeah. she has a personality, and some people may not like her personality. And Muslims also have to get over the fact that look, sometimes there will be someone in a piece that you don't like personally, that you don't like their personality, or you don't like the way that they say stuff, yeah. or the way that they present the argument. Mm-hmm. But my think, my thing is this. What did they say in that piece mm-hmm. that people objected to? So there, someone said, uh, Nadia said in the piece, I don't want to be represented in British institutions, right? right? Another girl said, Tabitha said, actually, no, we need representation. Yeah. We need representation because our voice won't be heard. So mm-hmm. they're challenging themselves. Surely, surely those, are we going to ignore that that opinion doesn't exist within the Muslim community? Mm-hmm. Anyone, well, anyone, anyone well, will this- know that it does. And then they were critical of prevent. Oh, and I challenge them about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. D- d- are we going to pretend that pro-prevent and anti-prevent sides don't exist within the Muslim communities? Mm-hmm. Largely, by largely, it's mostly anti-prevent mm-hmm. amongst the grassroots communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shall we talk about uh, representation in mosques? Do Muslim w- women feel that they uh, need more spaces in mosques? Yes, that exists. Um, talk about attacks on Muslim men and Islamophobia. They re- just talk about all these things. So this is my point. Do you think Muslims are a bit overly sensitive and in a way they're ultimately being ignorant of their own issues I, th- I, look, I think I and think this is probably why we struggle of getting into the mainstream media I, I, well, think, I think, think Muslims have been attacked for a very long yeah. time and so when we are attacked as a community because like if you go back 20 years 25 yeah. years like, the, like we were Pakistanis or Indians or Kashmiris or whatever yeah. right and the Muslim identity has been shaped post 9-11 or maybe post Salman Rushdie affair uh, has been shaped in terms of because people perceive something very sacred and personal to them being attacked mm-hmm. so that kind of makes you very defensive yeah. and, and let's face it there's been an onslaught by the press on on, on Muslim communities or so Muslim groomers or Muslim this or Muslim that so it makes people defensive mm-hmm. and sometimes that I feel that sometimes that may stop us from tackling issues from within our own communities that sometimes we may need to talk about mm-hmm. and we may want to talk to talk about them behind closed doors but we don't want them discussed in in, in, uh, in public or on the mainstream yeah. because we feel yeah. that we're playing into someone else's narrative and I yeah. get the argument and I know that it's a fine line and it's really really difficult to do and sometimes I've turned down stories mm-hmm. because I don't want my name to those stories I don't right. want to do those stories really? I don't think I can yeah. do them with because I'd be playing to someone else's narrative and I don't think I can do the story justice and I have to be, and I constantly have to be aware of the kind of Islamophobia around and the kind of anti-Muslim hatred around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, 
have to be aware that there's a currently there's a battle going on within the Muslim community for the voice of British Islam. Mm. And I don't mean what Sarah Khan says. Yeah. I'm talking about kind of the grassroots Muslim identity, whether it's Somali, Yemeni, Arab, Pakistani, Kashmiri, Indian, mm. and the kind of these middle class voices privileged close to the establishment speaking on behalf of Muslims yeah. and sometimes there's that kind of representation who represents these Muslim communities and, yeah. That. Yeah. And, and, and then you throw into the mix prevent and then you throw into the mix money for mm. organizations and mm. then you throw into the mix who gets airtime and who doesn't get airtime yeah. who gets a seat at the table and who doesn't and, it, and, and it's a very politically charged environment and I don't think people outside the Muslim community quite appreciate how politically charged it is. Mm, 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 like, I get criticisms constantly, mm, like, from all well, sides. Well, I, I was going to say, because uh, many people, as you mentioned earlier, don't have that initial pressure like you would. And that because that is because, specifically, you're from a working-class Muslim community, like you say. Um, and therefore, whether you're a middle-class Asian or you're an upper-class uh, white uh, Englishman, uh, the point being is you're not going to have... Um, that uh, almost uh, responsibility to, to answer to people and therefore so many critics in the process. So again, going back to your actual experience then at Channel 4, firstly, so why, why, why did it end? Um, two and a half years you were there, you know, if you're loving it. I, um, no, I, no, I really liked it. Um, and I made some really good, uh, I made some really good friends there. I made friends for life. Like my uh, bosses, I had a good relationship with them. Yeah. I was open. They not only became like some of my kind of my, uh, my producers, mm -hmm. uh, not only became my work colleagues, they became my mates. Yeah. And I still retext and still talk. Mm -hmm. um, I felt that it was a really, really difficult decision, and I made a Facebook post about it when I did it. You I, left then, yeah? Yeah, I left. I okay. left. I definitely left. Okay. okay. I know some. I know some people said I oh, sacked. That's just bollocks. Right. Okay. Like you know, yeah, yeah. the editors and the. Uh, There's no said, truth in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's bollocks. Complete utter okay. crap. Yeah, okay. Sorry, excuse my language. I'm gonna get some complaints, <laughs> bro. I'm like, brother, I'll start through Allah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, be yourself, bro. As I say, be yourself. Um, Within so, reason, but be yourself. Yeah. So. so, so it was a really difficult decision and it um, was a felt heavy on my heart. Um, one was that I think, okay, a lot of people see you, that you've made it, that you're on TV now and you're doing this work mm -hmm. and why the hell would you give that up? Mm -hmm. Other people look up to you as representation. Like, see, I, I went to a funeral in Birmingham and I was at the masjid and people are kind of like, bruv, you made it, man. You're from our ends and you've done it and we're so proud of you and keep doing what you're doing. It's true, stuff. it's true. And, you know, and, 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 and as people... a fellow journalist, I don't work for a mainstream channel. The minute a colleague gets to a mainstream channel, everyone, even within my little community of journalists, is like, oh, yeah, he made it, he made it, he made it. Yeah, and, and, I th and, I, and for me, it isn't... For me, it wasn't about that. It's not about being on mainstream. It was not about... Is that an illusion though, man? I think people need to look at the bigger picture. I think that, look, for me, I thought, I want to develop and I want to do other stories and yeah. I wanted to do some more stuff for myself. I may end up going back. I may not. I mm. don't know. I low them, you know, risk yeah. is with Allah. I yeah. don't know what... You know, but this, well, what, what was the drive? For me? What but, was but, but, stopping for me, you from staying there? What was it? Because I wanted the stories to, you were f being forced to cover. No, no, no. I was never forced to cover anything. I, I, I did everything I wanted to do. Right. And I think okay. So some, what, what, sometimes I was given a story to do, like about the shortage of lettuce and broccoli. Maybe that I do. Yeah, bro. That would be me out, bro. Out. But, but, but I wanted to. Look, I wanted to do other stuff. I wanted to do some more documentaries, and I also wanted to get more experience right because channel 4 news is 
uh, an hour program and sometimes half an hour in on in just one day. Yeah. So you don't get a, so for example you won't get as much experience or chance opportunities to do live broadcasts. Right. Okay. And sometimes because there's so many reporters, yeah. you may not unless you're bringing in the story on the news yeah. day, you won't get a chance to do a story. So sometimes okay. you're just sitting there. So, uh, so for me it was like okay, what else can I do? Because where am I going from here? Am I going to be able to do foreign? Well, like the foreign guys don't look like they're going anywhere, mm. so I won't be able to do foreign. Okay. Why is that though? Why? Because Channel Four News is a good place to work, and why the hell would you leave? Okay. <laughs> right, okay. if you're in that yeah. position, yeah. if you're a yeah. correspondent, a foreign correspondent, why would you leave? Um, and so, I, isn't that ironic though? Because uh, you're saying why would you leave Channel Four because it's such a great place? I think I, I, I think I, I think I, I had to balance it up. So I had I had to balance it up in terms of what I wanted had to develop myself as a journalist because I. Because you know, I still feel like I have so much more to do and so much more to give, mm-hmm. and balance that between my responsibility to the communities from where, where from which I come. But you didn't think you could fulfill that entirely I, there. I, I look. I had many sleepless nights making this decision. Decision. Yeah. My friends would tell you that I kind of really was stressed about it. And I'm just trying to understand the crux of why. I, I just thought. It, I just understand thought, you wanted to grow and all these things. And I didn't see it happening at Channel 4 News in, okay. in the meantime. And I thought, okay, I need to do something else. I, I think I need to kind of go and do my own thing. And um, I still have access. Look, I can always just go and say, look, I've got this story. Yeah, Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Right? Which, is not, a, which is a great thing. Yeah, this, so that's thing. not going to go away. And, yeah. and I think, that, but I have to uh, be true to myself. And I think that I could still do really good work and good stories outside of Channel 4 News. Okay. Um, so I had to think about how I'm going to be a better journalist. Okay, interesting. Got another question for you then. So, Is it Sophia Ahmed again? No, 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 no. In fact, actually, this comes uh, from, uh, I believe, it comes from, <laughs> it comes from our chief and editor. Um, so he's asking, how do we grow and empower the Muslim voice at a grassroots level in a mainstream setup? that ultimately doesn't have our best interest at heart? Is the only answer independent media, or can we really change the system without the system ultimately changing us? Because whilst you said they weren't necessarily um, negative towards you, you didn't feel uh, biases towards you, all the rest of it, you still did leave to grow, which is ironic because, as I say, you know, at the same time as that, for some people, that would be their ultimate goal to get to somewhere like Channel yeah. 4 or the BBC. Yeah. Um, so, and interestingly, Salim uh, touches on that fact that is it because, though, they don't necessarily represent us entirely? The stories don't represent us entirely. You're not enabled to, as you say, necessarily grow entirely. Working in uh, news, working in mainstream media is a constant battle. Mm-hmm. It's emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when uh, terrorist attacks happen or something happens or the stories around Muslims, yeah. um, it's mentally draining because they're not talking about some random person. They're talking about you. you. They're talking about your family. Yeah. So yeah. when David Cameron made those comments about uh, Pakistani women or Muslim women not speaking English, mm-hmm. speaking about my mum, fam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what are you saying about my mum? <laughs> <laughs> So it was so. So it's emotionally draining, and and you and you say that look, this isn't the case. Like you're missing, so you have to bring that story. And and do they have? I don't think. Look, there's no, there's no 
person from the government sitting in every newsroom. They don't like in terms of an agenda. The agenda is to tell the news, and they do that with whatever tools that they have. Yeah. And if all they have is middle class white journalists, then the news will be told like middle class white journalists see it. Because some people think also, it's a lot more conspiratorial than that, but yeah. it's more just a demographic kind of representation. Look, right? Some people look. If if any journalist tells me that they're not biased, I say bullshit. Everyone's they're biased, mm. right? Whether that comes across on screen or not is different. Sometimes, like people use the word Islamist or jihadist, and I question those words. I don't like using the word jihadist because let's take Syria for example. Mm-hmm. Like you know, uh, everyone's a jihadist, right? You know, Bashar al-Assad and those people are fighting. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Iranian guys on the ground, they think they're doing jihad. Uh, the rebels think they're doing jihad. ISIS think they're doing jihad. Technically, any soldier is doing jihad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, like, so, so I don't like that term. What's life what, on the line? What does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean to us? Yeah. Or the word Islamist? They use it as so broadly from Muslim Brotherhood mm. to ISIS to Erdogan to everyone they use this term and I, I don't mm. like it so mm. um, so that's just it will be told through there to those people's uh, paradigms yeah. the, the, you know but for us or for me it's like okay how am I how am I bringing the story forward how am I going to report it and can I add anything to it um, and like I said sometimes you get it right other times you don't Okay, right. Do I think that the media has it in for us? No. Do I think certain journalists within media have it in for us? Definitely. Mm-hmm. You just need to open the papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I but think does that mean we need to establish our own media channels th- in order to have that voice, to be able to be true to ourselves, to be able to have success at the same time? Or is the the right kind of thing to infiltrate the bigger you know, um, channels? I don't like that word infiltrate. It means it makes it seem like we're fifth columnists and we're not. <laughs> trying to do a job right we just want to be a journalist i don't come with an agenda but i think but i think that no i think that we have to establish like muslims have to establish their own kind of media but we have to have high standards and the problem is with our journalism mm. and i say this as someone from within the community and sees it a it's not to standard a lot of it's polemic yeah and like i want to see the Muslim version of Channel 4 News. Like, yeah. if you're going to have your own Muslim news, where is it? Where's that kind of impartiality, the editorial stuff? Like, mm-hmm. people don't understand what used to happen. If I did a piece, mm-hmm. and I'd be left to do it, me and my producer would work on it, I'd write the script, I'd finish the piece, Yeah. the editor would walk in, look through it, see if editorial is light, right, and then a lawyer would come in to see if legally if it's right. Okay. So, and and that is all kind of there's no getting away with that sometimes mm-hmm. in editorial we can have a discussion about the use of one word or another is this right is that right is that fair is that balanced do we need to be fair to this side but i don't sometimes feel that our kind of media is doing that we're, we're just not up to scratch and sometimes is because we don't have the talent and we need to develop that talent at our grassroots and and that part of that is making young muslims feel that they have a chance and that they have a voice mm-hmm. uh, within mainstream media so partly that was really difficult for me to leave because I felt like I was maybe and in my Facebook post I apologised to people yeah. and I felt like I was leaving and I should yeah. I have a job to represent because then who else is the voice now then I you think know, there are journalists out there I, I, you know I, I think there are journalists out there that are doing their best to represent mm. um, and I don't really roll in those circles in the sense that many journalists are like they know all the other journalists yeah. I don't there's not a lot of Muslim journalists out there and the ones that I do that they talk to me and it's difficult man it's difficult mm. and mm-hmm. um, 
some, because when, and it's stressful because like you have to go home and you have to explain to your family why this piece went out and once it goes out you have to exp- you're well, answerable to the Muslim community did you not feel only to like a spokesman almost for Channel 4 so every time there was a news piece which was seen as biased against Muslims or something I got that, like that like, yeah, I did get... you feel like every time you met a yeah. Muslim they're like no what? not only that my phone flip, you know ring and whatsapp message and tell them what's up bruv what's going on what's go- who did this and sometimes I wouldn't even be in the office on that day and I was like look fam I don't know Right? Did you feel like in any and then, way? And then some people would say, "Look, bro, yeah. you sold out now. You're middle class." I was just gonna say, "That's <laughs> only your own words." Like you're now the seller. You're a house Muslim. People yeah, said yeah. that. Some people, some people would say that, and you know what? Like, um, or they say you've changed. You've changed. Mm-hmm. I go, no, I haven't. Or maybe I have changed, and maybe it's may, maybe it's for the better, right? Maybe I'm becoming a better journalist. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but look, I made peace with myself that I'm, you know. Whether I like it or not, you're just going to yeah. be answerable to the Muslim community because they feel ownership over you. Mm-hmm. If I was like someone that was detached and I wasn't from the ends, like, yeah. like you know, not from East London or Birmingham or wherever, and people didn't know me, like mm. didn't know my dad or my uncle or yeah. whatever, then they would say, "Yeah, forget it. He's 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 a you know he's a sellout. That's what they call you, right?" Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they wouldn't even be able to access you. Ex- exactly, you wouldn't be rolling in those circles. Right? Exactly, and yeah. and so. Um, I'm open to criticism and people mm. feel that I'm not doing my job then you tell me if they, tell, let's, if they feel like I'm not telling the story the right way or I should I'm yeah. happy to have those discussions and yeah. be accountable I but, wouldn't be here right? Yeah, if you I, can't necessarily speak for the entire establishment you work for but then Exactly and the same thing like yeah. I, just as I can't speak for the entire media establishment yeah. the same way I can't speak for the entire Muslim community so, and, true, and both true, sides need to true, understand that true. but sometimes something happens and it's like bruv what about 9-11 and I was like what about it your BBC lied and did this I was like Come on, guys. Well, it's interesting because the next question uh, from... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to 9-11 conspiracies, fan. I, I think it's Hussein Alf says that, why are we still paying TV license only to be fed lies which incite war? Time and time again, we have found these specific channels displaying doctored videos which they themselves remove, but rarely before damage is done. Did you feel any of that at Channel 4? Nah, look, I think, look... If people that work in the news, I see, see, you need to just come and sit there. It's hectic, man. Yeah. And sometimes videos will go out. One time, uh, there was an earthquake somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked past the editing suite, and mm-hmm. someone was editing a video, and I saw some uh, footage of earthquake. And I went back, and I sat down at my desk, and I went back to them. I said, guys, I don't think that footage is from this place. I think it's from another place. They said, why do you say that? I go, well, the clothes that they're wearing and something. And it was, but... And then we checked out and they thanked me and go, shit, we're just going to put this out and thank you, yeah, right? Yeah. That's because in the heat of the moment, mm. you are there mm. in the editing suite. You've got half an hour to get a piece together. Earthquake's happening. It's half six. You're going to air at seven. Mm. Sometimes mistakes will happen. It's not... Del- I, you I think do, genuinely then it's I do just, not, it's I just do, human I error? I, yeah, I, I think it's human error. I, I think that from so many occasions that I've seen it happen in front of my yeah. eyes, it's human error. People I mean, this, to, this is beautiful to hear because then... It, I don't it, think there's an agenda. I don't think there's dis- deliberate videos. Look, I'm not talking about the press. I'm talking about broadcast yeah. media that ha- is answerable. Yeah. And, you know, Ofcom will clamp down on them. Like, mm-hmm. if they get something wrong, and sometimes they have to apologise when they get something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Ofcom is very different to mm-hmm. press. So but you can't deny that there is bias within stories in the sense that... I think there's uh, always bias. There's always a narrative which is being pushed. I, like I said, that narrative comes from the journalists that they hire and the editorial yeah. team. So even yeah. though you have brand and black journalists, yeah. like BME, we need to ask the questions, how many editors, how many of the senior management, how many decision makers are from BME backgrounds? Right. And from right. those BME backgrounds, how many are working class? How many right. are from the ends? You know? well, so, but then this is another point then. If you were to have worked the ladder, you know, worked up your, your way up to the top, 
Could you not have been? (laughs) Or could you not still be? That's what I'm saying. Could you not still be one of those editors who then can influence and make sure that in the future when people are looking at, you know, their terrestrial channels, which they're paying their TV license for, they feel at least, you know, um, somewhat, you know, they're being represented in in an authentic manner. Sometimes you have to be honest with yourself. As me as an individual, I feel that I am a controversial figure sometimes. Okay. Because uh, of the stories that I do, or and, and so like I, you know, I know there's loads. There's not loads, but some Muslims out there like proper haters. Isn't it? <laughs> you know who you are, fam. You know who you are. <laughs> but um, but they they don't like people yeah. did. There's, there was there was certain groups of Muslims. Yeah. And I'll say that they are minority because overwhelmingly, Alhamdulillah, had support that just could not stand me yeah. at, at mainstream media. Um, but you also have to be honest to yourself, like. Yeah. Am I a journalist that could last at the BBC? I don't think so, man. I get myself into trouble within well, the first two I, weeks. I, I kick off and say, yo, man's be chatting it. <laughs> What's going on? No, well, but- no, no, but again, this is exactly the point. Steve Wood comes in and says, look, as a journalist, do you feel bad when the truth is hidden? And what do you do about it? I don't think the truth is hidden. I sometimes just think that it's just not told. I think they miss it. So it's more ignorance and just uh, common errors and a, a lack of understanding or consideration by the individuals rather than sometimes some sort it's the of mechanism, Sometimes the mechanisms, the newsroom, they miss stuff. Sometimes it's the rush of but the But have you had that experience, though, when you see something which is being, you know, uh, you know, people are being misled or misinformed that you've had to kick off or had to stop? I do that on Twitter, anyway. That's why the okay. Lord, That's why so many other journalists hate my guts or, you yeah. know... People yeah. that William don't so in like answer me. to Steve Wood, uh, the you upset me because I said, Look, you're getting it wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, um, let's talk about Iran at the moment. And mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people have called Trump out on this, like, you know, Iran's helping Al Qaeda. That doesn't even make sense, it's ridiculous. Yeah, just, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. uh, so, um, but when it's reporting, sometimes I do call people out, mm-hmm. like, but actually, sometimes, like, I remember one occasion, there's BBC wrote something on their website. And I tweeted it, and the journalist messaged me, okay. and I said, "This is what it is," and, yeah. and, and he goes, "Thanks, we've changed it." So sometimes it does, it, it does work, and, and, and people respect you for your kind of knowledge of the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know, this is the environment in which we live, mm. right? This is how, um, this is how the industry works, and yeah. it's point four percent. So then, look, okay, so going forward then, what would your advice be then to, you know, journalists aspiring or applying their trade at the moment? You know, would you suggest to them that we should be striving to do as you have, you know, make it into mainstream media um, if they feel after a little bit of time that they need to go on to grow? That that's fine. But the point being is, as you say, initially, we should be having more faces in mainstream media. Then. I said definitely not just on TV and radio and print, but also behind. We need producers, assistant producers, editors. We need all these people. Don't like just because it's mainstream, don't be put off. Yeah. But also go and do your thing, man. Mm. Do you just just aspire to do good journalism? But how do people make that route to mainstream? Then I know for yourself it was quite. Lucky, I, I, I've been lucky. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've been quite fortunate. I, I think it. Not to say that isn't because of the work which you did before, though, because obviously you must have made some, you know, made some movements in order for them to have picked up on your vibes and come knocking on your door. But how would you advise people? What is the best route then to I th- know, look just I, make good work? And I, I, there's that because look in 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 social look because of social media now yeah. you can beat a lot of the news agencies and uh, uh, organizations yeah. to get stories out. Right. If right, you've right. got if you've got the contact, do the story yourself. Yeah. yeah. But it's also about. The Muslim community is coming out and speaking. So many times I had the story, I had 
like the narrative that would shut up the everyone else. Mm-hmm. But the person just said, wouldn't talk to me. Okay. They said, yeah, bruv, we trust you, but we're not going to go on camera. And that's really difficult for me. What do you do in those circumstances? You, you right? got, you've got no story. Mm-hmm. I can't just stand in front of the camera and say, okay, someone's just told well, me this. Would they not agree to like blur out their faces? No, even in those like occasions, that, some no? people just get spooked. And, 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 and yeah. the problem is that you know the real story. You know the truth. And I can stand in front of the camera and say, this is what I've been told. Mm-hmm. But because it's so controversial, yeah. people can say, where's your evidence? Right, right, right. It's just an anonymous source. That must be guiding though. So it is. It? Yeah. No, sometimes it's very, very difficult. And sometimes, like, for example, when it came to kind of Muhammad Muazi, Jihadi John, yeah. there was people that I had spoken to that gave me his story, yet they wouldn't go on camera. Actually, they had agreed, wow. and then they wouldn't pick up their phone the next wow. day. And it's really difficult for me because I'm saying, look, this is all kicking off, and I've got this exclusive story. Yeah. People don't want to talk to you. but So I'm saying is, do you think, produce good journalism, and if you think that you've got something to contribute, email the editor, pick up the phone, say, look, I've got a story for you, but do it on your terms. Because hmm. remember that... You are, you are an asset. You are the one that's bringing that story. You are the one that access yeah. to that community or yeah. that particular story. So you control it. Interestingly also then, financially, do they pay you by the story or like... Um, it know, depends what deal you have. I, I wasn't yeah. paid by the story. I, okay. I, was, okay. I was working for them. So, okay. um, uh, But sometimes, yeah, like in papers, you can get paid by the story and that's a good way in. But, you know, it's it's if you're going to do journalism for the money, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Damn, yeah. not yeah. going to be rolling in a... <laughs> portion anytime soon uh, and, and there's not a lot of money in journalism now that kind of that those days are gone um, why is that is that just because it's because the viewing figures are down people no. are not really watching TV anymore mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so advertising revenues will go down I think yeah. a lot of people are turning to alternative media yeah. a lot of people are turning to social medias and a lot of people just don't read some people are just fed up now or just don't want to watch news because mm-hmm. it's so depressing mm-hmm. um but other, you know, other people are interested. They just they just take your Facebook or YouTube or right. you know they listen right. to a podcast. Right, right. So, yeah. uh, so explore, uh, be creative. So I suppose it's about new platforms of sharing news rather than just maybe the traditional sense of you know, um, you know, like we say the news at ten or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we need to look at more formats and methodologies of Definitely. spreading that news. Definitely, um, people are using Snapchat now for news. Like news organizations wow. are using Snapchat wow, and wow, Instagram wow. stories and stuff. That's cool. So, that, yeah. so that's so people are doing that. Mm. So, and the viewing figures of every from news at ten, everyone the viewing figures are down. They're not high. So I suppose in a way. Uh, it's like, as you say, it will give you autonomy as well to be authentic and everything else. You know, if we as Muslims were to launch our own YouTube news channels and all sorts, you know, it, it would just be another means of at least, um, you know, gaining those stories. And if it translated to their mainstream access as well, then great, like you say. Um, but maybe that shouldn't necessarily be the ultimate aim, but rather, as you say, just getting the news out there, yeah. getting the right stories out look, there. Look, I'll give you an example like five pillars, like whether you like them or dislike yeah. them or whatever. They, there was a riot in a prison mm-hmm. and five pillars got the video right. from inside yeah. and all the news organisations had to say they used it but they said they got it from five pillars. Okay. All right. Okay. So they had that story. That's their yeah. story. So yeah. they said, you know, this video obtained by five pillars. Yeah. So, you know, if you have that access, use it. Okay. And also help each other, man. Like, you know, I, mm. some people see another brand person and they often go, shit. 
man's <laughs> come to take my job and I don't think you shouldn't look at it that way you know like yeah we need to help each other no definitely that's one thing I have noticed actually I don't know if it's more so amongst Asians and Muslims than anybody else but I definitely would have to say that sometimes it feels that people think they're in complete competition and therefore they don't like to help you um, right when yeah right I've, I've been lucky I've just I've just known some really good people man everyone yeah. that I've met that's kind of like, like the Muslim journalists I've met have been really helpful supportive had my back um given me advice um and just been really good friends it's mad because i was looking for like you know you to dish the dirt today and get to the grime i'm not saying i don't know look i'm I'm, I'm not saying that it's all rosy no but this is good it's good and and because like you know because i'm you know you channel for leaving channel 4 news and being at channel 4 news are quite emotional experience Mm -hmm. because you you are sacrificed I don't want to go into my personal story, but I've sacrificed so much to be where I am. And people from my ends just don't make it to here. Mm-hmm. So I've had to make a lot of like when I was doing it, my parents were like, what the hell are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Like, get a proper job, right? You're not going to make. And no one, and no one thought I would make it. No one thought I would be a journalist or I'd be actually earning a living from journalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that does, and, and and it's not seen as a career for people mm-hmm. uh, within the communities from which I come. And they, and and so when you do do it so it inspires others uh, but also you say look I've done it but it creates a lot of sacrifice like mm. family mm. friends uh, moving down to London oh, um, traveling and to travel and, 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 and sometimes you're working like sometimes when the story breaks you're working like mad stupid and hours, you're stressed right? yeah? Yeah, yeah and you've got a pressure of to produce stories mm. to come up mm. with stories and so you've got a family and kids and things like yeah, that yeah right? so not only are you and also, it's not only about getting to a position, it's about staying there. The yeah. only thing I can maybe explain, people imagine like a Manchester United football team or whatever. Yeah. You've made it to the first team, but you have to stay there, right? Yeah. You're always fighting for your position. Wow, okay. It's and that that's why it's like, yeah? that's, that's how competitive wow, it is. You're wow. thinking, shit, where's my next exclusive? Not just normal story, exclusive yeah. meaning yeah. you're bringing in a story yeah. that no one so else in the world doesn't that drive some people to like do anything to get the story at the cost of sometimes I the think, ethics? I think it does, yes. Hmm. Hopefully, I've never done that, but yeah, mm. it's it, sometimes it does, and sometimes you make a little bit of compromises along the way that may upset a few people. But yeah. you're looking at the wider picture, right? Um, and it's not on thinking me getting ex- the exclusives, but me getting the story out. Mm. So yeah, it is a constant battle to kind of stay there in the first team. So pr- what pretty much people have seen me do Mayfield is I've gone for like Man United, and I've just gone, fam, I'm just playing the park <laughs> with the boys uh, uh, so yeah, it, it's, yeah it's a constant battle to kind of stay where you are and produce those stories and yes some people will compromise and will be unethical but hopefully inshallah I've, I've never done that inshallah inshallah well I mean it's been fascinating bro talking to you and it's been really uh, I suppose in a way um as I say, uplifting to know that um, there is a route in and that it isn't full of bias. And, you know, in fact, you know, you having a positive experience should show people that we need to make more of an effort ourselves and be less paranoid. Um, I'm looking, Ali Asuka's come in with a last minute question. Journalists need to revise their duties and consciences and take responsibility of the road they have chosen. We should have a news journalist international body which counters or rectifies the media spin which we all fed for political purposes. We the people deserve the truth. So it's interesting because like I say, so many people have a negative response to the news. Like you said right at the beginning, nobody trusts it it seems. Um, there 
there are people I know who are working on like on that front. I mean, I know a brother called McDar Verisi who often lobbies against you know newspapers as soon yeah. as he finds a false uh, article. Um, and like you said, you you yourself you know wouldn't keep quiet if you see, saw something false. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like, what would you say to someone like Aliaska again? You know, just finally to to quash these kind of like, as I say, distrusting uh, notions British, and thoughts. Look, I'm you know anyone that knows me knows that like you know I'm not kind of a pro-establishment kind of person, um, and I and as far as I see that journalists try their best to be objective and impartial, and sometimes it is influenced by their backgrounds, um, and I don't think that there's a concerted agenda. It's not like they sit in the office in the morning in the editorial meetings and I used to sit in pretty much all of them yeah, and I think yeah. okay how can we screw over the Muslims today what's the negative Muslim story <laughs> yeah, you can do yeah. today what what dirt can we get on the Muslims it's not it doesn't work mm. like that there's no agenda mm. if you want to change it you change it if you think that they're not doing the story right you put your own story out man put it mm. out use social media go mm. to the, if like you know if, if the Channel 4 News are not doing take it to BBC take your so ITV take think, the CNN you think it's a bit else. of this scapegoat bogeyman kind of business going it's easier on to like, blame, yeah. it's easier to blame uh, the kind of like a conspiracy or something it's just easier I feel like yeah it's them just it's lazy. them it's lazy. a day yeah. like I get messages from my mates it's a day yeah. it's them <laughs> them who's them Who is them in it Freemasons Illuminati whatever <laughs> <laughs> it always goes back there. <laughs> well, look, we know with power and money and comes greed and corruptions, and we know that obviously sometimes uh, government can influence media executives and I think, vice versa. No, look, I, um, journalism institutions will be institutionally biased. Why? Why? Because if you want a, a comment or a spokesman from the government you just go to the press department right but if you want from communities around the country we don't have a press department we don't have a press secretary right we don't have a press release every day that we're sending out because someone that they and that's Uncle why Bobby John from the corner shop yeah, yeah. community leader yeah <laughs> so we don't have that but we so so always and, and also journalists like journalist time is so precious so it's so busy it's easier to pick up the phone and look at someone that's got a website yeah it yeah. may be the one-man show fam yeah <laughs> saying i'm representative to speak to them or speak to a government department than it is to have to go down all the way to north london somewhere to actually go on the streets and mm. find out opinion because you yeah. just don't have that time it's the nature of the machine there's a there's a book called flat earth news that talks about journalism rather than journalism right. that how the majority of news is from press statements and, and so you know so it's easier so it's always institutionally biased but it's our job to kind of maybe change that and make those contacts with journalists inshallah inshallah well look i hope that answers aliaska's uh, uh query or issue um and as i say it's been enlightening to hear such a positive experience of I hope uh, the it's positive. Media, i don't sometimes i don't feel this positive well it's weird actually because like i said when i first googled you bro it, like it was all like i thought there'd be look, some madness going in no and, no like, the press know, will, like, the, look the press will always target you and, I, and i've always got these people like certain people who know certain organizations that always out to get me and i'm not gonna lie there were muslim organizations or muslim individuals that were sending in complaints against me and wanted yeah. me sacked that yeah. tried getting me sacked yeah. there's a muslim mp that tried getting me sacked mm -hmm. right <laughs> but you know it is what it is that's deep man haters are gonna hate yeah and uh it is what it is well, why why do they why did they do so like why do you some, feel that the muslims some, were so badly some, wanted to get you some some people didn't like the stories i was yeah. doing so whenever i did a story and if it, like some people are talking anti-prevent there's vested inter interest in that so right. they didn't like that it's politicized other times there's some some of the influence that i had so for example if i mentioned a certain politician in my facebook post yeah that politician would get upset i said oh no look what he's saying about me I need to make out that this guy's some sort of religious extremist. Obviously, I'm not. 
Yeah, I'm not seriously. Uh, that I'm not. But th- th- they would do that. Yeah. And and there's some people that even now I feel that they're trying to incite me into a debate on Facebook so they just can screenshot it and send it to like my editor and say, look what he said. He said something. Or they or they try to do that on Twitter. Yeah. And sometimes like, you know, when people are cussing, you want to go back. You yeah, know, I'm yeah. a fighter, you yeah. know. I'm saying, <laughs> and what? You want to respond. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's difficult. So some people, and there's, and we have to understand, like I said, there's a battle for British Islam taking place with the voice of British Islam. There's a lot of vested interests. There's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of personalities and egos involved. I mean, they see men like me from the end, mm. that grassroots Muslims, a lot of them feel like I'm representing and I'm doing a good job. Yeah. And I'm under sometimes, like, they feel that my reporting is undermining their narrative mm. then you become a target and mm. there will be a hell of a lot of people well certain g- groups and organizations that will be happy that i'm not a channel for news anymore mm. Mm. they'll be happy mm. which is a shame like we said because ultimately um whether you uh personally as i say like you know it's not necessarily for you at this point in time is not the issue the issue is that rather that they would want no Muslim representation. No, they want Muslim least. representation, but they, they just, just don't, don't want, want you. They just don't want my kind of Muslim representation. Okay, just not they want, your kind. They, they want the kind of um, or, conformist, okay. wishy-washy that will just say, okay, the thing, like I said, think the same as everybody else. That yeah. bring the same stories. Yeah. So we'll bring the same stories around Trojan horse, right, as right, as, right. as everyone, every other journalist, and not be critical and not actually have those contacts with the community mm. and call it mm. out for what it is. Mm, mm, mm. It's a shame, yeah, it's a shame that, that people are, are so small-minded in that respect. But like, as I say, I think it's amazing the work that you are doing and it's really enlightening to hear that, you know, um, and it's positive for people like myself and other journalists alike to know that that is the case. Um, but I think more than anything, it's like what you said, um, in that there's so many platforms now to get the right story out, to get the truth out, get the authentic story out. So we don't really have a reason to complain anymore. Um, you know, it's very easy to just blame somebody else, but ultimately, what are you doing to rectify that? What are you doing to provide the alternative narrative? Um, so, so yeah, and no, that's impressive. So, going forward, man, what can we expect from you from the future? Um, I'm hoping to do some documentaries um, on various issues, um, and you know, I I'm always sometimes I sit on stories. Sometimes I may go to kind of mainstream. I, I may, okay. I may, so, so I think I'm kind of freer now. So mm. if I have a story, it doesn't just have to go to Channel Four News. I can go to Sky or BBC right. or whoever. But yeah, I still have control over it because I, I'm the kind of gatekeeper of that story, right? Right, right. So right. I still say, if people, if you have stories and you want something yeah. from mainstream, get in touch. You know, Facebook, <laughs> like that, Twitter, like that, that kind little of thing. plug, little plug. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but so, so I'm still, you know, I'm still yeah. a journalist and I'm still going to be doing stuff. But I just want to um, do some documentaries and, and then I'll, at the end of the year, I'll see where I'm at. Inshallah, inshallah, God willing. Well, like I said, man, um, hopefully uh, we'll be following you, definitely. In fact, we'll be following you uh, closely and seeing what work you do. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on The Muslim Vibe, bro. And hopefully um, people will, uh, you know, as I say, take heed of the advice you've given. And hopefully they've learned a little bit, a little something, something, a, a bit more so about the mainstream media and that big bogeyman, which we're all scared of at night. Um, but yeah, thanks again. I said it's been an absolute Thank pleasure, you. bro. Well, guys, as I say, make sure you share support subscribe we've been the muslim vibe this has been the tmv podcast i'm your boy and i kanji assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh peace and love